Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Wondering where to start? Do you have questions about mortgage and real estate and need honest, accurate answers? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Educated Home Buyer with expert real estate broker, Jeb Smith, and certified mortgage consultant, Josh Lewis, where we discuss everything you need to know to buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership. Welcome back to The Educated Home Buyer, where we discuss everything you need to know to buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership and financing. In our last episode, we discussed whether or not you should consider buying a home in 2022 with record home prices, rising rates, and a record low supply of available homes for sale. Now, after listening to that, you've decided that, you know, buying a home is the right move for you and your family. Well, today we're going to help you navigate the question of where to start. Josh and I both have people reaching out to us as their first move when starting the process of buying a home. So which is the right move? Where do you start? Josh, let's take a minute and dive into it. No, absolutely. Uh, something that always strikes me, um, I moderate in a group for veterans on Facebook. There's over 20,000, well over 20,000 members in there. And it's for veterans about buying homes. And every day in there, we get a version of the question, hey, um, my husband and I have decided that we're looking and ready to buy a home. What does that mean? Or we're ready to buy a home. Where do we even start? So a lot of people, when you're buying your first home, if you've done it before, obviously you have some contacts, you have some people you've worked with before, you've been through the process. So you kind of know where to start and what to do. But for a first time buyer, especially if your parents didn't buy, you didn't grow up in, in a household where the family owned, um, you really have no idea where to start. So uh, Jeb, that's what we're gonna do is jump in today or what are, what are all of your options? Um, obviously you're probably going to talk to friends and family and they're going to say, Hey, talk to this person. It might be a mortgage guy. Talk to this person. It could be a realtor. And for millennials and younger folks, everybody starts online. So those are the three things we want to talk about today. What does it look like when you go online to do your research and search for information? What does it look like when you talk to a realtor? What does it look like when you talk to a lender? And what are all of them trying to do to educate and empower you to get you closer to the finish line in terms of successfully purchasing your home? No, absolutely. I mean, one of my mentors would say people are drowning in information, but starving for wisdom. Now, I'm going to say that again, because I think it's important. People are drowning in information, but starving, starving for wisdom. There's so much information on the internet. There's so much information in podcasts. There's so much just information floating around out there. It's hard to know what's right, like what to trust. Where do you go in this process? And in buying a home, right? Biggest financial, you know, investment purchase most people are ever going to make in their lifetime. So making the right decision the first time is important. Yeah. I mean, Je so yeah, Jeb, it's the most, it's the most valuable asset someone is going to own and the biggest debt nearly everyone is ever going to take on. I've never had anything close to as much uh, owed as what I owe on mortgages. So when you look at that in that context, it is really important that you get the right decision uh, made and you gather the right information. And the thing that you said is there is no lack of information. We live in an era where expertise and the, the title expert is thrown around all over the place. People anoint themselves experts. And then you look and you dig and they've been in the industry for two years, but they're an expert uh, on something. You want to be able to discern who's done this for a period of time, who does a volume of it, 
who truly digs in and does the research. I know people have been in my business for 20 years and they've really been in the business one year, 20 times. You want someone that is truly <laughs> dedicated uh, to their craft and getting better and staying on top of the latest information. Doing a loan in 2022 is different than 2019. The mechanics of it, the loan programs aren't all that different, but what a home buyer needs to be aware of and what they need to do and what they're battling against, very different than just three years ago. And I know it's no different for you guys on the real estate side. No, I mean, what I hear you say when you say that is you need somebody with experience, right? And we're going to dive into that, right? You need somebody that is you know, prevy to the market that we're in now, right? If, if you're, if your mom was a, was a great real estate agent back in the eighties and nineties and, or, or grandma was, and then she retired, but she still has her license. Grandma's not going to know how to navigate the market that we're in right now, because things have changed, not only on the technology side, which many of you already know, but just on how deals, you know, how fast the market's moving, what you need to do to stand out, to, you know, to make your offer get accepted, how realtors, and lenders work together or need to work together more in this market to get to the finish line, probably more than ever. I mean, I've been doing this, you know, in real estate and mortgage for nearly 20 years. You're over 25 years in the business. Never had, have you had to work as a team as much just to get the offer accepted, not even counting the process of doing the transaction. So we're going to dive into this. Uh, let's talk about online, Josh. Is there anything wrong with with going online to start the process. So NAR, National Association of Realtors, came out and said that 97% of buyers search for their home online. So that was the highest percentage ever, and it was up from 93% just a year ago. Think about the things, the good things that come from you starting online. No one likes to sound dumb or ignorant. And, and let's, let's focus on the difference between being dumb. Dumb is you're incapable of learning something. Being ignorant is different. It just means you're a smart person. You're not educated on the way this industry works. So when you're going to buy your home, first home, and you start the process, you're ignorant of the way it works and you're trying to educate yourself so you can be a wise home buyer. So going online, helps you to have a more confident conversation when you call Jeb, when you call Josh or any lender or any realtor. So it's a great place to start. If we're talking about looking at homes online, if you've never been pre-approved, if you've never talked to a realtor, still helpful for you to go online so that you know, hey, I'm a, a single guy, single girl, um, making good money and uh, don't think I'm gonna be getting married anytime soon. I'd like to go buy a two bedroom condo and I'd like to live in this area. You can go on Zillow or Redfin and in two minutes know what do those condos cost? If I pay 300, what does it look like? If I pay 400, what does it look like? So you're giving yourself a range. Like every time I start my conversation with a, a potential client, I say, awesome, Jeb. So I, most people I know, they've gone online or they've been seeing some open houses in areas they'd be interested in. What is a home that you would be happy in and feel like you could afford look like? And where does that information come from? It comes from, just like I said, them going to, to the online sources or going to open houses and, and checking things out. So a great first step to finding out what's out there in terms of the listings of homes, of what's available and what the prices look like. The other piece of it is, okay, cool. Now I know that uh, a first entry-level condo I'd be interested in is about 325 in my neighborhood. Now educate yourself on what does it look like? What does a pre-approval look like? What does uh, a realtor need to know from me? And, and Jeb, you and I uh, talk all the time, like it's sort of self-serving to be careful about finding people online. 
when a ton of people find us online. So we're biased. I think you can find awesome people online. I also know people that went online and had a terrible experience. So what are your thoughts on that? No, I, I mean, that's important, right? I mean, I, I've fortunately, I've been in a business where the majority, 90 plus percent of my business has been referral for a long time. Past clients, friends, family, those who know me, like me, trust me, have a good experience. They refer me to someone that they know and and my business has been built that way. And And honestly, it's the best way to build a business because, you know, the people have trust in you and that's important. But at the same time, there's a lot of people out there that don't have the resources. Like you mentioned, they, you know, the family hasn't owned a home before, or, you know, they've since moved away from, from those that own real estate and they don't have the people to, you know, to, to know the, the real estate agents or, or the people that they should use or, or should talk to in the process. So you go online. Now, going online, there's nothing wrong with it. You just need to make sure you still do your due diligence online. And we'll talk a little bit about what that means. I mean, checking referrals, checking how much business someone's done. And you can be a new agent and, and be a great agent, but you lack experience. It's not about being a good agent, an honest agent, an ethical agent. All those things are extremely important. But having experience is is right up there, especially in a market where, where things you know, tend to move, you know, the fastest I've seen ever, uh, just because not only the speed of information, but because of what the market has done, lack of inventory, rising rates, you know, people themselves are, are moving quicker to get transactions done faster. And so you've got to be, you've got to be on your toes. So let's talk about this. Let's back up a minute here, Josh, because we started the conversation by saying, we both have people reaching out to us. You have people reaching out to you that have never talked to a real estate agent and they want to know, how do I start? Where do I start in the process? And then the other direction, I have people reaching out to me that haven't been pre-approved for a loan that say, Jeb, I want to buy a house. Can we go see him this weekend? And so my first conversation is, have you been pre-approved? You know, we're going to talk a little bit about what their goals are or whatever, but it always goes back to, have you been pre-approved? And the reason I ask that question is because honestly, it is the foundation to real estate ownership, to to even being a a player in the game, so to speak. You've got to be pre-approved. And why is pre-approval important? It's because it lets you know whether or not you can qualify to buy a home. Many people out there want to buy a home. You know, in, in previous episodes, we talked about willing and able buyers. There's a lot of people willing to buy real estate, want to buy real estate, but how many people are able to buy real estate? And so just because you pay, you know, X amount in rent doesn't mean you can just go out and say, Hey, I want to buy a house and and pay X amount. There's a process that goes along with that. And as a buyer, you need to make sure you go through that process because, you know, buying a home is emotional, Josh. It's like anything else. People buy emotionally and the process of buying a home is probably one of the most emotional purchases you'll ever make. And the last thing you want to do as a home buyer is get fully vested in that process and find out you can't qualify or that the numbers that you thought you could be approved for are inaccurate. And so that's where we're going to start, Josh. So if somebody calls me as a, as a home buyer, we're going to have a conversation, a little bit of conversation, but we're not going to go look at houses. We're not going to, you know, dive into what they're looking for in a home. What we're going to do is say, hey, listen, you need to talk to an expert, somebody that can walk you through the process. Now, I use the word expert. We talked about expert a little bit earlier. 
When I say expert, I'm talking about somebody that has the experience that that's vetted in the business that performs. Um, you can find these people online. There's, there's nothing wrong with that, but a referral to someone is, is the best way to find that typically speaking. And so if you call me, I'm going to refer you probably to Josh, uh, to have that conversation. So Josh, they, they call you, what does that look like? So let's look at it a couple of ways. Let's say they started with you and you said, Hey, you're not pre-approved. We need you to get pre-approved. Let's start with Josh. That's an easy one for me because I know all we're doing is worrying about numbers. And at the end of that conversation, awesome. It looks like you can be pre-approved or you are pre-approved for $625,000. Here's you know what we want them to know is here's what your total payment is, including taxes, insurance, association dues, anything all in. And we want to know how much money do you have to have at closing? Those are the three big things. What do I qualify for if I buy at that price? How much money do I need? And how much money am I going to be spending every month to, to live there? So the pre-approval process gets us to that number. And I know if it came from a realtor, all I have to do is say, awesome, I'm going to get this information over to Jeb. I'm going to get it in writing to you. You guys can now get out and look at homes. We kind of have a chicken or the egg thing. People always wonder, why does my realtor want me to talk to a lender? When I get done with the lender, why do they want to know so badly who I'm working with as a realtor? My perspective is the same as yours, is I want to make sure you get with an expert realtor. I had a, a call with a client last night, um, came from a YouTube channel. It wasn't your YouTube channel. It's another one we have a relationship with. Fire is awesome. They're well qualified and they already had a realtor. So I always ask, can you connect me with your realtor so we can have a conversation and all get on the same page? And it didn't take long at all to realize Claudia is a really good agent. She asked great questions, all the things that she actually needed to know. We gave her all of the information she needs and she assured them that with what we got them pre-approved for, they've got plenty of options in, in their market. So it's important to know that it truly is chicken or the egg, but it doesn't really matter. Get pre-approved and then I can connect you with the realtor. I can connect with your realtor. Hopefully you were referred to me from a realtor. So we already have that relationship in place and we know what we're doing, but it is very important that you have both an expert lender and an expert realtor working with you. That's your team. I mean, you're the foundation of it. Your uh, ability to know what you want, um, to be well qualified, to make good decisions is the foundation of that. But we're here to guide you through the process. Jeb or your realtor is your guide on the real estate side of helping you make good decisions of know what properties are available and how to navigate that. And we do that for you on the mortgage side. Neither one is any more important. Uh, it's just important to start with the numbers. It's sort of like begin with the end in mind. Cool. What uh, if I get that home that I saw in a certain price range online? What does it look like? Am I eligible? Am I able to qualify for it now? get with the person that's going to get you in a car and show you those homes and make an offer and get one under contract. Well, you know, you said something that made me think uh, of something I, I want to mention here is when you call me as a, as a buyer and I refer you to someone I know, like, and trust, it's important to know that as a real to a real estate agent referring a mortgage professional, we don't get, there's no kickbacks. There's no fees. I don't receive anything from making that referral. Right. There, there's a common misconception in the market that I'm sending you to my buddy because, you know, I'm going to benefit from that. I do benefit from it, but not financially. I benefit in 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 knowing that you're going to be taken care of, that the numbers that you're you're being uh, 
promise, so to speak, are are accurate and that you're not going to be bait and switched at the end and that he's you know, done his due diligence and that at the end of the transaction, we're going to get to the finish line. I mean, how many times, Josh, have you, I mean, I can tell you, give you examples of people telling me they're pre-approved. They have a pre-approval letter. We get into escrow and find out the loan can't move forward because, you know, the, the lender or somebody didn't do their job as they should have. And so when I make that referral, it is just merely to make sure you know that, you know, that you're good to go and that you're, we're not going to have those potential setbacks. And at the end of the day, you could use somebody else. Doesn't mean you have to use the person that you got pre-approved with initially, right? It is just a good starting place to have a conversation. And from there you can decide, okay, I've been pre-approved. Now maybe I go and, and talk to, you know, my local bank or whatever that conversation looks like. It's just making sure that you're, you're, you're having the right conversations to start so that you know we're you're not going back on it. Let's let's here. This reminded me of a story, Josh. This past weekend, somebody called us, found us on YouTube. He calls me and says, "Hey, listen, I've been watching your videos for you know some time. I found a house I wanted to make an offer on. In fact, he was in contract with a builder locally, right? And reading through the contract, and the lender had approved him. The pre he'd already had a pre approval, and he." tells me, well, you know, I, I'm backing out of that contract, but I found another property I like. I'm going to go look at it today. He goes and looks at that property. And in the meantime, I say, hey, listen, talk to Josh, have a conversation, go through the pre-approval process, make sure you're good to go. And he did. He comes back and says, I'm ready to, you know, I really love the house. You know, it, it's perfect. But he has a conversation with Josh. Josh, what happened? He didn't qualify. The conversation that he had had with the builder's lender on this one, he gave them partial information. And when we started picking at that, and in essence, he wasn't pre-approved by the builder's lender. He was pre-qualified. They had a conversation okay. over the phone. They went through some basic information. He goes, yeah, he qualified me for this. I'm like, okay. And we start picking at it. And there was an element of his income that was not going to be eligible to be used. And that was the amount that took him from being a hundred thousand shy to being just over the top of being able to qualify for that. And, and Jeb, that's not uncommon. I would tell you that at least one deal a month that we close is where some other lender told someone they qualified, got them in escrow and then dropped the ball, wasn't able to close it. And I'm saying that's one a month that we close. I talked to probably another one or two a month where you're just like, I'm sorry, you do not qualify. That lender should have known that up front. So for me, the way I protect my relationship with Jeb and any other realtor that I work with is to make sure that never happens. Jeb's, uh, re the relationship with me and Jeb's relationship and reputation with both his clients and other agents out there that he's dealing with is the most important thing in the world. So not only are kickbacks illegal, we can't pay him money. The most thing I can, the most important thing I can do is protect his reputation and make him look good. Jeb talked about business um, for someone who's doing a lot of business being largely repeat and referral business. You do that by handing people, trusting people to other professionals. They're going to do a great job and, and make you look good. So for us, my job is truly to see around corners, to pick at your file, not to make you feel bad, not to make you go, why is this guy interrogating me or asking questions? I want to go through every element of your file so there's never a surprise, that never does an underwriter go through the file and go, hey, what about this? 
we've already gone through the what about. We know everything that could possibly come up. Um, you know, and Jeb, we'll, we'll get to this when we start talking about finding a lender and how you go about doing it. Almost every person, and largely because they don't know what else to ask, when we say what's important in a lender, or you know, your your form um, when you're you're getting people who are reaching out through the YouTube pages, what's important to you? And they always say, oh, getting the absolute lowest rate, getting the best rate, having the lowest rates and fees. That's like table stakes. If I don't have good terms to offer you, I fully expect that you would go somewhere down the street and get better terms. Chasing after someone who's going to quote you the lowest rate or the lowest fees is a recipe for getting a cut rate provider, a call center full of kids that don't know what they're doing, and having a really bad experience, either with terms changing at the end, or worse yet, being told you absolutely do not qualify when you were assured all the way through the process, everything's good, here's your pre-approval letter. I have a lady, Jeb, I talked to last night, um, believe she came from your YouTube channel. Um, actually, no, she came from that vetted VA group uh, that I'm a member of, uh, and she's a veteran, and she's talked to every online lender in the veteran space, Veterans United, USAA, Navy Federal Credit Union. There's another one out there. And I'm like, okay, well, how come you're not happy with any of them? Well, they just don't really seem to listen to me or know what we're talking about. Okay, well, that's common because you you basically, those are advertising agencies that generate massive amounts of leads and they have a big call center. It's sort of, uh, you know, you've heard the saying in wartime, kill them all, let God sort them out. That's what it is. Bring in every lead under the sun and see which ones we can sift through and close. And from your perspective as a professional who you're going to trust your clients with and our perspective as a professional wanting to make happy customers that are going to refer their friends and family, it's how do we see around corners and make sure there is no stress. Like one of the things that I tell everyone, Jeb, I can't rewrite your story, but I need to get your story out of you and I'm an editor and I'm going to present that story in the best possible light. So when an underwriter picks up your file, she's never going to meet you. You could be the worst person, the greatest person in the world. They don't know you. All they know is what that file says in terms of pay stubs, W-2s, tax returns, assets, credit report. Uh, my job is to edit that and present it in the best possible light so it makes perfect sense and there's no unknown issues. So it, it's a little bit of a different perspective to tell a client what is that lender actually doing and what is the relationship between the lender and the realtor, but that's what you're looking for when you're actually out shopping for a, a lender is someone that can do that for you. No, so so we, we haven't talked about how to find that person yet, but let's just here take a, a, a transition, if you will. And let's go. You've been you've you've talked to Josh or an expert um, and you've been pre-approved and, and now you're back with with the real estate agent. What does that process look like or what should it look like? Well, a lot of times if you start with Josh, he might refer you to a real estate agent, right? He may make the referral just like I made in this, you know, in, in my example a moment ago. You know, if you don't have that or that he doesn't do that, you might ask a friend, family member, right? A referral is a really good place to start. Now, if you don't have one of those, what I'll do is I'll put a link in the description of this uh, podcast where you can go click a link. And, you know, Josh and I both network with top professionals in the mortgage space, as well as the real estate industry all over the country. And we can set you up with somebody that can guide you through that process. But what I want to point out here is that real estate agents, as at the moment, National Association of Realtors, the highest number of licensed real estate agents ever, 1.56 million. So just over one and a half million members of the National Association of Realtors. Now, that doesn't count all the people who are licensed, but not a member of, of 
you know, uh, the association, if you will, don't have the designation realtor. So there's about 3 million or so licensed people in the United States. Where do you start? Like, I mean, that that's a, there's so many people out there that are quote unquote professionals until you actually need one. And so we're going to take a minute here and talk about this. So the average real estate agent in 2021 did 10 transactions. That same agent made about $49,000. Now, why is that important? It, it just shows you that the majority of agents out there aren't actually spending their time in the business, right? There's a lot of agents out there that want to be real estate agents because, you know, the market has done very well over the last couple of years. They see, you know, posts on Instagram. They see their friends uh, supposedly living this, this lifestyle of flexibility and, and just, you know, being able to take time off. And that's what a real estate agent provides or, or the lifestyle provides. And it's not the reality, but a lot of real estate agents out there spend their time running errands. They spend their time doing things other than actually working with buyers and sellers. And so as a buyer, it's important. I mean, as a seller, it's important too, that you're working with somebody that's actually boots on the ground in the business, doing it day in and day out. It's important because Again, there's certain nuances in the business, depending on when you buy, that the you know those out there that aren't in it daily don't really know. So that's it's you know I I I know it sounds condescending to point out what the the you know the average agent makes or how many transactions they do or whatever, but the reality is you know I, I the Pareto principle right the top twenty percent of of the people in the industry do eighty percent of the business in real estate it's probably a lot higher than that. It's probably the top 10% do 90% of the business. And with that, you want to be working with somebody that's a professional, a local professional in the market that you're looking, right? If you're looking to buy in Orange County, you don't want to be using an agent that's in LA, vice versa. If you were buying in Santa Monica, I'm not your guy, right? I can refer you to somebody that can, that can take great care of you that knows that market. And so you just want to make sure you're working, you know, with, you know, a, a person that understands the market that you're in, that, that's in it day in and day out and, and can ultimately guide you through that process. Josh, anything you want to add to that? No, uh, other than the, the number that uh, at, at some point late last year, it came to light that there were more licensed realtors in the United States than there were homes to sell. And there's less listings now. And I don't think a bunch of people exited the business. So it's probably even a higher ratio of realtors to, to homes. And I would say it's absolutely 90-10. Because when you look at that average figure of $43,000, most realtors don't sell any homes. Like more than half of them sell one or less home per year. So what do you have? You have the big teams, the big top producers doing a ton of business, and it averages out to about $43,000. Of that 1.5 million, I would bet you more than a million don't make $40,000 a year. So it's it's really important. You know, the days of like when I got in the business in, in the mid 90s, um, nothing was online. There was no information out there. It was still fill out the, the contract by hand in the realtor's office. So if you had a cousin who just got his license and your aunt wants you to help them out uh, by, by making their first commission, there was less danger in, in it at that time. 
it's a it's a tough market, a difficult market. There's so much technology that if you're not doing uh, the job on a day to day basis, like for those of you that that may know me, when things went crazy in 2008, 2009, 2010, I primarily made my living by flipping houses. So I was a, a represented myself as an agent, as the broker on reselling those. So six to 10 homes a year, I was reselling. So do I know the mechanics of selling? Yes, I do. But watching Jeb and other realtors today do their job and know all of the different tools they have to use, it's a different game. I could pick it up and learn it again, but if you're not in it every day, you are not going to know it the way that that professional agents that are in it day to day. So it's important that you work with someone. I'm not saying you have to go to the biggest team in town that's doing the most sales. You do have to work with someone that is doing deals on a regular basis. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, and again, it, it sounds self-serving uh, to some extent, but it, it's 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 making sure that you're working with somebody that understands the business because at the end of the day, you you want a house, you want a home, you you want to get to the finish line. And you know, while you might want to help your your cousin who just got their license and that's their first transaction, and you really want to help them, if you don't get to the finish line, I mean, did anybody really? help anyone, right? I mean, and not only do you want to get to the finish line, but you want to get to the finish line and feel like you got a good price. You know, you were negotiated well that, you know, that you were taken care of during that process. So it's important. So let's, let's talk a minute here. Where do you start? Can you start online? You can absolutely start online. There's a lot of great places to find people online. If you do it online, just make sure you're not just going to some of the major websites out there that publish homes um, that that have really fancy websites uh, where you just, you know, you see a home that you like and you just push the button to contact the agent. Typically not the best way to do it. Those agents are paying for advertising, you know, on those platforms. Now, why is that important? Well, from somebody that runs a relational business, for the most part, my business I don't spend my money, my time, my energy, effort trying to to generate business from from people online. I I use my time, energy, money to try to help those buyers and sellers that I'm already working with. My my effort and energy is built around trying to find people homes, especially in a market with low inventory, trying to help sellers get top value for their property, negotiate deals. That's where my effort and energy is spent versus you know, having money paid on a website where every single person sees a home, clicks it, and I've got to start dealing with like a almost like a call center to to work with people that don't even know who I am. So if you are going online, just make sure look at Google reviews, look at how many homes people are selling, look at how long they've had their license. Now, again, that's not always a great reflection because there can be really great agents out there that have had their license for you know, a shorter period of time and, and, and are smart people and can guide you. So, but just, it's, it's kind of combining all of that stuff and, and, and trying to make a decision and it's okay to talk to multiple people. It's okay. You know, if, if your, your, your wife, uh, wife's best friend is a real estate agent, well, you're probably going to use them in that case, but, and your best friend is a real estate agent and, you know, it's okay to talk to both. And, and see which one you, you you fit well with. I mean, you know, you want, it's not only about, you know, finding somebody that's an expert. It's also about communication. Who's going to answer your calls? Who can answer your questions in detail? Who can, you know, do what you need to do to get you to the finish line? And, you know, and that's part of, of the, the game. And you need somebody that can negotiate. It's not only about getting an offer accepted. It's also about, you know, 
understanding the contract, understanding the process after the fact, right? Once you go into contract, that's just step one. There's a lot of steps that follow that. So having somebody on your side is perfect. So online is okay. Getting a referral is is a great a great source as well. Your your mortgage professional might be able to to connect you with someone. And then on the flip side, Josh, I mean, it, it, well, one last thing. Say you're out of state, right? Say you're here in California and you're thinking, I'm selling my house, I'm moving to Arizona or to Texas. I don't know anybody in those states. Where do I go? Go to your real estate agent. Come to me. I know a lot of real estate agents. The top pe people in the industry typically network with other top agents in the industry, real estate agents in the industry, because for one, you are usually at the same conferences trying to better ourselves, learn more information, but we're also looking at migration patterns. If I have a lot of people that are moving to Austin, Texas, guess what? I'm trying to set up a relationship up in Austin, Texas, because not only does it make me a smarter uh, real estate agent here in Southern California, but when you need somebody, I can say, listen, I've got a great referral for you and I'm able to make that connection. So Josh, mortgage side, where, do, where would someone go in this process? You know, hearing you talk about the real estate side, they're very similar, some some subtle differences, but very similar. What I can say is the biggest mistake that you could make would be going to any of the sites that are basically lead aggregators. So filling out a form that doesn't that you don't know who it's going to. And what I would say is the difference. I mean, both of these are bad ideas, but for different reasons. If you go to a lending tree, they, they don't make loans. So what they're going to do is they're going to take your information and they're going to sell it to four to six different places and your phone is gonna ring off the hook. That's not gonna be a mortgage expert, it's gonna be a kid in the call center whose job it is is to keep calling until they get you on the phone. Um, the other option are, are the big lenders that you see, um, the Rocket Mortgage, the, the Loan Depot, the ones that advertise all over mass media. And it's gonna be largely the same thing. If you call a, a big 800 number, you're gonna get directed to a call center, a kid sitting in a cubicle, not someone that's relational that's going to deal with you directly. Now, at least in that one, it's going to be a one-to-one -one relationship. You're not going to have your phone ringing off the hook where you can't stop it. Um, and it's not likely that, that you're, you get sold again as a lead three months down the line and the phone starts ringing again just when you thought it stopped. Um, so uh... I don't hear, you said something, Jeff, that I thought was important. You don't mind if someone talks to another realtor or two. I don't mind if anyone shops us. What I can say is probably half of our clients will talk to at least one other lender. About half of them, we have a great conversation, they're comfortable and we move forward. For those people, they're lucky that they came to the right place to begin with and by not shopping, they didn't hurt themselves. They still got a great loan from a really good lender who's going to, to take care of them well. What I can say is the majority of people that I talk to that find themselves in a bad situation or unhappy with where they are in their home buying process didn't shop. They went one place. So if you want to call one of those big online lenders, by all means, do it. Have a conversation with them. If you want to call another local lender, by all means, do it. What I can say is if you talk to three or four lenders and I'm one of them and you don't walk away knowing that I am the better option than the other two or three people you talk to, I didn't do my job. So you can move forward with confidence. Um, so either I, I somehow failed and didn't convey to you that we're your best option, or you came across someone so awesome that you're just very confident and comfortable moving forward. So by all means, do your shopping on the loan size, 
on the loan side, by all means, do not make it based off of who has the lowest rate and fees, because that's often uh, a bait and switch, a, a change. So what I will say is if you call five lenders, four of them should be in a pretty narrow range. This is a commoditized industry. Back in the 90s, it was easy, or I wouldn't say it was easy, but we would regularly see people come in and we go, you paid what for your loan? Those people killed you. They charged you three points and you're a percent above the market. In the internet age, that is very, very hard. Um, you'll see some lenders that are known for having high rates and fees. Even that is nothing like the egregious stuff we saw 20 years ago. But definitely, if you want to, make a couple calls uh, to confirm someone is in the ballpark. But go with the person that you think is the best expert, is listening to you, is educating you, and is giving you the information that you need to, to make the best decisions. But those are the, the main sources. You have, you have the lead aggregators where you're just filling out a form. They're going to sell you off to a bunch of different people. You have the big lenders that have big call centers full of relatively inexperienced people. And then you have local lenders and, and they can they can vary. I'm a broker, so we do the shopping for you. Once we know you're pre-approved, we say of all of our lenders, who has the best terms for that borrower? Um, you can go to a direct lender where they're going to fund the loan themselves. And even they will have multiple investors that they can go to. Um, and then the last option is you have local banks. Um, most people that I talk to that have talked to the banks are underwhelmed, both in terms of the terms they're offered and then the knowledge, service, and, and expertise. You're essentially talking to a bank employee that keeps bankers hours versus someone that's able to work with you um, during the times that, when you're looking for a home. But none of these are bad options for you to talk to. You're going to educate yourself, you're going to know more, and you're going to know the right person when you come across them. No, I mean, I think this is stuff that, you know, any, any home buyer needs to know. I mean, you might be somebody that hasn't, you know, purchased a home in, in a number of years. It's good to be, you know, to kind of get this information and be reminded of, of, of the process. So, you know, if you're thinking of, of, of starting the process, you, you know, you've listened to our episode prior to this, you want to buy a home in 2022, you know, go, but if you haven't go back and, and check it out. And if after listening to this episode, you're like, yes, this is absolutely what I want to do. I, I'm ready to start the process. Wondering, you know, Josh mentioned pre-approval. He mentioned pre-qualification. What's the difference in the two? So tune in next episode. We're going to take a deep dive into, you know, the difference in, in pre-qualification, pre-approval, what's important in that process. So make sure you tune in. Thanks for listening to the educated home buyer. Want to connect with us or to a local expert in your area? Please reach out at theeducatedhomebuyer.com slash expert. If you found any value today, please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. In addition, we ask that you share it with your friends and subscribe to us on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening.